morning guys, Summit. It's clear, it's fairly cold. It's that beautiful sunrise color is creeping down the hills on either side. But the sun hasn't quite peeked over the horizon. <clears throat> Come on, Maisie. It's the day before Christmas Eve and I'm having a fair number of interactions with people this time of year, particularly about talking about New Year's resolutions that this coming year is the year that they want to um, take their woodworking and, and make it into more of a, a side hustle. And now that I think about it, this is exactly what I was writing about um, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or the day before? No, it was yesterday. Yesterday morning uh, at the beginning of the chapter in the spoon carving book I'm writing about um, about going professional. And I'm actually going to say something a little different than I wrote there, but I think when people think about taking their whatever it is they love doing and doing it more professionally the mind automatically scales up the physical act of whatever it is that you do when actually that's putting the cart before the horse in my experience far more important than doing the thing more is building up um, building up a presence, whether locally or online, that will lead to sales. What I found is that um, at least for where I live, local sales are, are nowhere near enough. You can sell a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff locally around the holidays, but the rest of the year, people around me just don't spend money on that kind of thing. And I think that's true of many people as well, that it's not... Um, I think I used to think, oh, well, I'll, I'll find the rich people who spend money on stuff year-round. But I've actually come to realize that rich people follow the same cycles of spending and not spending as people with less money because the same psychology holds. So the way to get the work to spread out across the year in a way that is manageable is to create some sort of tension in the transaction where the person feels like they want to place the order now because uh, if they wait, it'll be even later that they get the thing. Or they just simply understand that you're a busy person and you'll get to it when you, when you get to it. And that's why I find a waiting list so helpful. Is that it naturally creates the tension of, well, shoot, I better... You know, I, I want these things, and there's no point in waiting 
because I'm never going to get the immediate gratification of being able to say I want this thing immediately. Do I lose some sales? <clears throat> yes, especially this time of year when people are looking for an immediate gift that is time sensitive. But all the rest of the year, I don't think I lose sales to that point. And this time of year, about half of the people who then go on to try and find something else will come and still place an order with me. So it's not as, I'm not losing as much as you might think. But the point is, what generates the business of the business is generating the interest and generating the demand. And a lot of times we put production before demand, as in we produce the thing and then we put it out to the world and see who wants it. And I think that's putting it backwards. I think we need to produce the demand and then fulfill the demand and then, and then produce the thing. And the trick then is to keep the ball rolling by documenting the production of the thing to meet the demand, which will then produce more demand. I've learned to very carefully calibrate when and how often I talk about things so that I am spreading out the chances to meet people's eyeballs, right? There are days when I carve too many things of different forms, and those are actually frustrating days for me. I no longer try to schedule days that are like that because from the standpoint of generating new sales, if I carve five different spoons in a day, I cannot do five meaningful posts and one post showing the five different things is not going to generate nearly the level of sales as if I spread it out. Now, that's tricky because I also believe strongly in having Instagram reflect reality. So if that's what I've done for a day, that's, I want to show that that's what I've done for a day. And I don't want to post something that I carved five days ago and pretend that I did it today. That's never going to happen. So I have to be creative with what my actual reality is. And really what that means is scheduling out my days so that I almost schedule the work I do in a given day with what I'm going to say online about it being the deciding factor. The story that I get to tell is in many ways more important than the thing I happen to be making. Because the story I tell about the thing I'm making is what generates the next wave of demand. It's not the only thing. There are, there are other things that you can build, but they are far less efficient in generating demand. For example, the magazine, the podcast, the website the blog, all of those generate a certain level of demand. But in terms of bang for your buck, of demand for amount of effort, nothing beats a good post on social media. It's just very simple and very, uh, it's an elegantly clean uh, translation of eyeballs to demand. 
and requires far less effort than those other things, which is why those other things have to have intrinsic value in and of themselves, otherwise they wouldn't be worth it. Right? I don't do the podcast in order to generate sales. I don't do the magazine to generate sales. They happen to. But the thing I do to generate sales is write meaningful stuff in a thoughtful way on Instagram. That's it. And if I was relying on anything else, my business wouldn't be nearly as successful. So when you go to write out your resolution for New Year's about how you're going to ramp up your business, you need to be far more thoughtful about the story you're telling. And quite frankly, as long as, let's say you're carving spoons, as long as you're carving spoons, that's going to give you ample opportunity to tell a story. But if all you're doing is carving spoons, posting a picture of the spoons you carved, even worse, posting a picture of a bunch of spoons that you carved, you are throwing away that story. And you're throwing away your chance, the best chance you have, no matter what size following you have, to generate more demand for your stuff. And so, if I was starting out and I had 300 followers on Instagram and I had been carving spoons for a bit and I wanted to build up a business, some sort of side hustle, doesn't have to be a huge thing, on Instagram, hold on, this is gorgeous light. I'm just gonna keep this running while I do it so I don't have the same thing happen as yesterday. I love it when the light plays off the, yeah, when the light shines off the, um, the power cords like that, the power lines. Oh man, it even got better, standby. This is the reality, folks. I basically just, go on a dog walk and when yeah when the moment presents itself I take a photo um so if I was setting up a side hustle I would have two parallel streams of goals one would be to do whatever it is that I wanted to spend my time doing to do it at some regular interval, whether that's every day, every week, every other day, some sort of quota, I would set that. Then, and this is the more important part, I would make sure I would do everything I could to thoughtfully and beautifully document the process that I was going through and write meaningfully about it meaningfully in a way where it doesn't even have to be about what you're actually doing. Sometimes that is applicable, but usually I do a mix of technical stuff that's writing about what I'm doing, stuff that's more about my life, and stuff that's more philosophical. And that combination of things, combined with capturing real moments, here I have to capture one more moment, Man, the light is just so lovely. There we go. 
that maybe will be for the Spoons Unlimited post. Um, that combination is what then allows you to sit down and have a meaningful discipline where every day or multiple times a day, even better, you post thoughtful content. Because what you need is eyeballs. And when you have eyeballs, then when you happen to post a photo of a spoon that you have for sale, somebody will want it. And they'll want it partly or mainly because they want a piece of you because of the thoughtfulness that you've shown and the value you've brought to that person's life. At that point, all the other things I've talked about, about price and all that come into play. But fundamentally, what you're creating is value for the people who happen to see your stuff. So in order to get their eyeballs in the first place, you need an interesting photo. When they check out your feed, you want that interesting photo to be couched in an interesting mix of photos that aren't all of the same thing. And you need, hey, Maisie, come on. Hey, let's go, Maisie. Hey, let's go. They found the horse poop under the snow. Let's go. Hey, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Good girl. And when they follow you, you want them to always pay attention to what you're writing because it's valuable to them. Or at least it's valuable to them often enough that they're going to give it some of their attention. And that combination is how you not only get people to follow you, but you actually engage them with, your, with what you're doing and what you're thinking. It's, it's enticing people into a much deeper level than simply hearting what, what you've done or the latest photo of what you've done. And so that's how you put the, the horse back firmly in front of the cart. You've got to put a dedication to documentation and storytelling ahead of making the thing that you make that you're hoping to sell. Because the story is what's going to sell it. And so, as you pursue your goal, keep that firmly in mind. It's an uncomfortable thing because most of us haven't spent time honing those skills. I certainly had never done any photography. I think I had a slight edge up that I was, had been a writer my whole life. But I had to learn how to buck the trends of everything I saw on social media and write the way I felt compelled to write before it started working that way. But think of yourself as a storyteller. Think of yourself as an entertainer. Think of yourself as uh, a, document, a documentary maker.
And that will be what brings people to the table and what drives sales. Not, I happen to make this thing. That's why we're so obsessed with the people who carve a spoon every day for a year. We don't really care about the 365 spoons. We care about the story, right? We care about looking at the first spoon and the last spoon and saying, wow, look at the change. We care about the transformation. We care about the story. And that kind of challenge is a good way to get yourself motivated and it's a good way to couch the story but it's also a shorthand that can allow you to essentially miss the point and fail to capitalize on that how many people do you know who have done that 365 spoon challenge or whatever have actually gone on to continue telling stories about what they do in a way where we as a community pay attention to them. I can't think of one. And probably that's simply because I didn't pay enough attention, but that's my point. I didn't feel compelled to pay attention. So whatever hack, whatever system you have, understand this. Insofar as it works, it works because it builds a story into what you're doing and it conveys that story to the people who pay attention to you and that story carries them forward. And it grabs their attention in the first place and it carries them forward. And as long as you keep that firmly in your sights as the most important thing, then you what you're doing is you're building... Uh, you're building options. You're building demand for whatever it is you happen to do into your life. And you're doing it through the vehicle of documenting thoughtfully whatever physical thing you are doing. But it almost doesn't matter what that physical thing is. My favorite accounts are, I'm following an account of a, of a shipyard, a scrappy shipyard in Costa Rica that's building a sailing ship that's going to carry cargo, something I was very passionate about back in my sailing days. I have no connection to the sea or sailing ships anymore. I don't, I'm not going to have anything to do with this ship, but they're doing a great job of documenting the process of building this ship, and it's totally fascinating, and I love it. And so they have my attention. That's what you need to do. You need to earn people's attention and then engage with them so that they want to engage with you. Thank you for listening, guys. Go get it.